Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this weekend episode of the Coaching Coordinator Podcast, we're going to talk about the need for a clock management specialist. What is a clock management specialist? Well, this is the coach on your staff who is fully responsible for all the things involving the clock. The decisions, the amount of time you can burn, things like taking a safety, things like going for two, knowing when you need to punt, just understanding completely the amount of time in the game and how it affects your decision making. Why do you do this with a specialist? Well, I know from being an offensive coordinator, I always had somebody responsible for the the take a knee card, right? When we were able to take a knee based on timeouts, I wanted somebody telling me those things. I also had somebody responsible for the go for two chart, knowing that on this next drive, coach, if we score, we need to go for two, right? Those are things that allow you to think ahead a little bit. And that's the whole purpose of the clock management specialist. We've seen analytics overtake the NFL, and a lot of teams have these models built into what they're doing. I can think of of several teams who, when you watch them, you could see that they understand that their lead is big enough that they can become very conservative, call certain types of plays, maybe pick pick up a first down or two here or there, and not score but punt. Now, the fans get frustrated because it seems like the other team is closing in, but they know unless something happens outside of a situation where the other team gets a turnover or scores quickly unexpectedly or gets an onside kick, that they're going to win the game, that the clock is going to run out before the other team has time. And so this person on your staff can do exactly that. What led me to think about this is several weeks of watching games where I felt like the play callers, even the head coach, didn't understand how much time was really left in the game and the procedures with which they had to operate. On one side of the ball, I saw a team on the offensive side who normally huddles, which is fine, but in a certain part of the game when they were down more than one possession, they needed to be in a different way of operating. They at least had to hurry those guys to the ball, and as I watched them, the plays were going in slow, the players taking the play were going in slow, And it just wasn't that sense of urgency they needed being down scores, right? They have to understand that this is a different situation. I think it's something you need to practice. But certainly the coaches have to have it in their minds so they can make the right decisions and use the right procedures. So let's take a look at this from just a pure numbers perspective. In his book, The Complete 
Handbook of Clock Management, the late Homer Smith uh, was put a quote in there that said, Reputation, leadership, intelligence, investment, willpower, momentum, none of these make any difference to the clock. There are points in the game. As you get late into the game, you want to understand what chance does the other team have if I have the lead. You want to understand what chance do I have if I continue to operate under normal procedures to be able to overcome a deficit and take the lead. I think of it this way. When you get into the fourth quarter, the lead that you have really should determine the way you should operate. I know, let's go with a a 28-point difference. And I put together a scenario just doing the math and thinking of teams just operating under normal procedures, really giving uh, some conservative numbers here as to the amount of time that would be used and how this might work in running out of clock. So ideally, up 28 points in the the last quarter, uh, that game is over for you. I know a lot of times there's that um, kind of incentive to get it to 30 to roll the clock, and I think you want to accomplish that because that's going to help even more. But I also believe that you need to think about what if that doesn't happen? What can you do to ensure the win? So again, very uh, conservative numbers that I put together here using the high school clock, 12 minutes. Let's say you start uh, a possession in that fourth quarter up 28 points, okay? We're going to make some assumptions here that uh, the you know, through this, that the other team, if they score, they're not going for two or anything like that yet, that um, you're not turning over the ball. If they onside kick, you're able to get it back because anything that changes in that way is going to affect this. So we're starting with 12 minutes. If you run the ball three times and stay in bounds, okay, and you want to emphasize this, this would be something you need to practice. You should be able to run 226 off the clock. I know on the cards it says 228, but that's taking a knee. And taking a knee, uh, there's a lot less time you used than if you run a play. I would suggest this. If you are appointing somebody to handle this, understand how much time a typical play of yours takes, right? So your inside zone play, your tight zone play that goes straight up the middle is going to take probably a second or two less than a play that goes to the outside or a longer developing, let's say it's a counter scheme, right? That's going to take a little bit longer. I think what you want to understand is uh, within there, what are your best plays to use in this situation to gain yards and to consume clock? And I think you want to look at those things together, right? I think a lot of times when you get into these situations, you want to consider where's the best side to run the ball. So my counterplay to the left, for example, might, might be much better than when I run it to the right. That's something I should take into consideration here as we're running the ball. So as I go through this scenario, the, the whole premise is that I'm going to run the football and punt. And even if I don't get first downs, I'm able to consume the clock and they can't win the game, right? So we're going with 12 minutes here. We take 226 off the clock. We run plays, run the football, we stay in bounds. Obviously, we're securing the football too. So theoretically, with 9 minutes and 34 seconds, the other team who is down now four scores starts their possession. Let's say they execute. Uh, They're not in a hurry-up mode. Maybe they're an up-tempo offense, but they're not into those procedures yet where they're just in one formation and they're going as fast as they can. It's a lot of time left in the game, so they didn't jump into two-minute procedures yet but they move pretty quickly down the field. 
let's say it takes two minutes to score. At 7.34, you get the ball back, okay? Let's, let's say, um, you know, whatever. They kicked it through the end zone, so let's go with that scenario so that there's no more time off the clock after they kick off. So at 7.34, you're starting your possession. You take another two minutes and 26 seconds running plays and utilizing the clock. They get the ball back, theoretically, at five minutes and eight seconds left in the game. We'll go again that they do a good job. They get down the field. You know, hopefully you gave them a, a long field to go, but they do it really well and only take two minutes off the clock to score. Okay, now they're down two scores, right? Again, we're assuming kicking the extra point. Ball comes back to you on the kickoff, right? Or they onsided. You get the ball back either way. It's 3.08 when you take possession. Now, at this point, they're probably thinking call timeouts. Okay, so let's assume they do that. Uh, They use all three of their timeouts. They had them. So you're probably going to take about eight seconds off on that first down, right, when you run the ball. And again, you want to run the ball here. We're certainly not taking knees because that takes less time. So we're going to run the ball take off about eight seconds before they get their timeout. Again, being very conservative, we might be able to take off more. Okay, we do that again on second down. We do it again on third down. Now they're out of timeouts, right? We ran the ball, made them take their timeouts. Uh, We kicked the ball down the field. Maybe that takes another, uh, let's say, 12 seconds off the clock. Okay, so they're getting the ball back at two minutes and 34 seconds to go. So again, let's assume they get down the field and score. Really, at this point, uh, let's say it just takes uh, a minute, a minute 10 off the clock. Uh, It's probably going to take them more than that, but they score, and you get the ball back from an onside kick attempt. Now you're going to be able to to take a knee, right? So they've only scored three times. It looks pretty bad to your fans that you gave up that lead, but you were smart. You ensured that you got the win. Now, it requires a lot of work. It requires your understanding of where to go with the football, how to call your best plays. And we're assuming in this situation, you didn't run the ball for a first down there, right? We're not giving up on trying to run for first downs. We're just being smart. We're staying in bounds. We're not throwing anything. So in these situations, you want to tell your quarterback that the RPOs are off. The gift throws are off. You just don't want to take a chance at at throwing the ball and having the clock stop. That's the worst thing that you can have happen to you at this point up like that. Now, they were only able to score three times. Think about things like missed extra points. Uh, Think about where maybe they were forced to kick a field goal. All those things, again, work in your favor with time because of the point differential and what's left on the clock. So, the procedures, I think, are very important. Now, you could get into these gray areas here. I call them gray areas. You know, they're using, I guess, what you would call loopholes in some of the rules. It's something that Bill Belichick has done uh, to, to take time off the clock. You think back to that game where, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, he had his punt team go out. Uh, they rolled it down. The clock was running again. It was important at this point. Uh, They rolled it down, took it to delay a game. The clock starts again because uh, it was running before. Uh, And then they take it down. They jump off sides. And he's able to burn like a minute 11 off the clock in that situation. Uh, On the defensive side, Buddy Ryan used to have something called the the Polish goal line defense where uh, he was going to to get a, uh, 
12 men on the field. Uh, now, obviously, the rules have changed since then, but that was his strategy. It was actually in their playbook. Now, if you're getting into these areas, and I did see one of the teams do it. They didn't do it on purpose, and I don't think they realized that they should have burned the clock down even more because that, that penalty was marked off, and instead of having his guys stay at the line of scrimmage and burn more time off, they went and ran a play again. Again, you want to think about these situations. It was the opportunity to take that 40-second clock down all the way to the end because they had an illegal formation, right? If you jump off sides or have a false start, it's going to stop the play. 12 men on the field is going to stop the clock. You want to have a situation where uh, you can run that play, force them to make a decision, and then if you're on that other side of the ball, you have to consider what did they gain and do I want to give them that extra down? Do I want to give them that extra time? If the clock is running, a lot of times that answer is going to be no if you have to play from a deficit. But how do you do that? I mean, you know, you, you want to be able to communicate quickly. If that's a strategy you want to use, that you want to be in a formation that is illegal, meaning you have not enough guys on the line of scrimmage. Uh, I would have a name for that formation if I decided to use that tactic within what I was doing to take extra time off the clock. Okay, so... Anything you do has to be practiced here. But going back to our clock management specialist, really, I envision this guy because at the high school level, you're allowed to have technology on the sideline that he simply has uh, an iPad with his, his spreadsheet on there. He could plug in the time and based on the parameters that you set that we know when we run the ball with these particular plays, it's going to take X amount of time off. Know those things. Know that that's your part of the call sheet that you're working off of. Think about doing things, you know, if you're a, a spread team and you're always utilizing three three wide receivers uh, or four wide receivers, do you want to put an extra guy in to protect an edge? Or do you want to motion a guy across just to protect that edge because normally you were reading it? I would suggest that you want to consider even that kind of ball handling, right? There's that opportunity when you are making a decision and it's not clear who's going to be getting the ball, that there is the opportunity to turn it over more. Now, you may be good at that. You may say, I want to continue with the read game. That's fine. But I think what you want to remember is stay in bounds, run the football, and keep the clock running, again, according to those parameters. So if you had that chart put together, really based on the score, it's going to tell you at exactly what point you can start employing that kind of strategy and win the football game. Maybe you print this chart out beforehand, okay? And your guy has that chart and says, Coach, we need to just run the football. We are into our four-minute offense. That four-minute offense might start at nine minutes left in the game. It may start at the beginning of the fourth quarter. That's what you want to know as the play caller. Again, the play caller really can't handle those things. The quarterback needs to understand when you're in those procedures. Your team needs to understand when you're in those procedures as well, okay? So defensively, I would suggest, you know, with the 40-second clock that's rolling, it took out a lot of the uh, the slowness, I guess, of some of the officiating crews and getting back and getting that ball set. They wanted to standardize it because some guys would take like 15, 20 seconds before they got that ball set, right? Depending on where the ball was, they're, they're throwing it back into to each other. You know, some of those guys are older and out of shape, taking a longer time to get to the ball. So now you have the 40-second clock, which does standardize it, but... I would still employ those old school tactics of slow off the pile, right? Um, because it still slows them down. If they're working to go up tempo as fast as they can, they still have to take time to get back 
get set and get their play call. And the longer that takes, the longer longer it's going to be for them to snap the ball and run their play. And again, those things start to take that off the clock for you. So the way I envision it, you have to do your own analytics. You have to understand what you're good at, what plays you want to operate within the sequence, and how much time those plays can take off of you. Again, this is not kneeling on the ball. That doesn't take a lot of time. At some point, you can do that in the game, but that's not what we're talking about now. And where you want to go with the ball, right? Your best plays, your best players. I'd suggest that if you have that dynamic back who maybe is prone to fumbling, but you have that consistent guy who can gain yards, maybe isn't going to break a big one, but is going to hold on to the football, maybe that's the guy to run the ball for you, right? Decisions you need to make beforehand as a coach as to how this is going to operate. And I would suggest that you work these procedures every single week just so your players understand this is exactly what we're trying to accomplish in these situations. Going into other things, what else can the clock management specialist do for you? As I said before, uh, maybe this guy is your two-point guy as well and can manage that chart. He certainly understands with how many timeouts they have left, when can you take a knee. Uh, He might understand things like when you're going to take a safety, right? Based on uh, maybe it's smart to take a safety in this point, get the ball out of here. It's going to take them longer to score. Understand those things. When you're studying the opponent, Uh, you can look at, you know, in their fastest procedures, if you were able to have them on on the clock, how quickly do they get down the field? What is their time from ball being spotted till they snap it? Those things can help you make that decision on, you know, legitimately, if we only allow them, let's say 10 yards, it's going to take them this much time to move the ball down the field. And, and, you know, you also want to get into your best bend, but don't break defense. Those things, again, your, your clock management guy can understand. On the other side of the ball, uh, he could probably tell you, like, from a defensive standpoint, when you need to take more chances, right? Uh, our offense is going to need the ball. We have to cause a turnover here, or we have to bring pressure to, to try to get a sack and, or maybe get the ball away from the quarterback there. And I've seen those situations, too, where I see a team playing their base defense in a situation where a team's running the ball, and they have two safeties back. There's no need for that. Get up and gap out that that uh, offensive line as much as you can. Get guys into there and get the whistle blown as quickly as possible, right? That has to be the objectives, right? So this guy, I think, appointing that coach who really owns this and really gets deep into clock management is going to be very beneficial to you, especially as you get into some of those big games. Think about that. I would suggest the resources, Homer Smith's uh, handbook for clock management. I think the best thing out there, but uh, definitely something that you want to have somebody dig into and understand for your own situation. So think about putting those charts together. When can you shut things down and truly go into a four-minute offense that choose clocks with a specific strategy? Uh, When do you shut down the passing game? You know, how on the other side of the ball on defense? Are you doing things that maybe take a chance and get the ball back? And even in those situations where your clock management specialist understanding like it is our best interest right now to give up a score and get the ball back, that's another important decision, as well as that guy being able to tell you, hey, tag the play uh, with with uh, some kind of a tag that tells your guys don't score. We saw that twice in one weekend last year. Rare situation where the defense decided to give up a score. I think one was Indiana. Uh, and they used that to come back and win, and the other might have been 
uh, in a game, I think, with the Detroit Lions uh, last year. Both of these occurred on the same weekend, and, and I'll put a link to that podcast that we had uh, where we talked about that exact idea, uh, that there is those situations where it's smart to let the defense, uh, to have the defense let up a score. It's also smart to understand that they might employ that tactic and that you tag your plays that your guy knows. Do everything you can, get that ball all the way down the field, but don't go into the end zone with it. So a lot of things to talk about, right? I, I threw a lot at you here in this short podcast. Assign that to somebody. Let somebody own that. He's going to make a huge difference for you at some point in the season, especially as you get into the playoffs. I think those are some of the things you're going to want to employ. So the clock management specialist, find your guy on staff who wants to own that, give it to him, and it will give you some results here at some point. Good luck here as you continue through your game planning on this weekend. Enjoy some of the games, and we'll be back on Monday to talk about adjustments. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski. Follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com.